Mr. Trivia here, Top Rope Report, getting ready to uh, do our podcast here tonight. We're going to be talking Friday Night Smackdown and the WWE Draft. So, got a lot to talk about, you know, the draft, some of the matches. We also got the... What's up, Trev? Can you hear me? Not much. So, I can hear you loud and clear. Alright, maybe it's on a delay because you're reacting seconds after I speak. Oh, you're, you're right on, you're right on, uh, on cue there with me. So... <clears throat> getting now the re- recording is starting up. Recording started. Okay, good evening everyone and welcome to another live edition of the Top Rope Report here on TalkShoe.com, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Anchor. I'm your host, the illustrious Mr. Trivia, and joining me every week as usual, my co-host, my tag team partner, my best friend, the best in the business, the Nugster Greg. What's happening, Greg? What's up, Trib? Not much, man, not much. Just uh, got some Friday Night Smackdown to talk about. You know, the, NF, the WWE draft, definitely we're going to go over that. And the Saudi Arabia show, I guess they have uh, well, a card I, all set for Saudi Arabia. Well, maybe, who knows. Um, but I think we should talk the draft before we talk Smackdown. Oh, that's perfectly fine. Perfectly fine, definitely... Uh, Oh, Definitely me. looking forward to talk draft. See what you think. See if we agree on certain draft picks and what's going to happen with them. And so, but yeah, I thought uh, I thought the draft was quite interesting. I mean, there was certain certain people that I thought were going to go that didn't. You know, certain people I thought were going to go from Raw to SmackDown to SmackDown to Raw that didn't. There was some that stayed on their brands. But uh, what? What did you like draft? What stuck out for you? Well, I mean, but without knowing what the process of the draft was going to be, not knowing if the whole roster was getting drafted or if just certain people, you know, if they were going to announce who was going from SmackDown to Raw or who from Raw to SmackDown like they've done in the past. Without knowing what they were doing, it was very unclear as to why, I know when we spoke last Sunday, as to why certain people got drafted on Friday and they didn't get tra- others didn't get drafted until Monday. Um, right. So, I mean, a, a total of 48 wrestlers um, switched brands. Wow. So, I mean, that's over half of the active roster. Yep. Just a quick question. Do I look like I'm sitting in the dark? Yeah, yeah, you are a little dark, yeah. All right. Um, I was trying to do this so I can not 
have a wall two feet in front of me and the rest of my room is there. Um, I don't have any light. Um, uh, whatever. People don't need to see me as well as they see you. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, there was, like we said, there's a lot of, there was a lot of people drafted onto their new brands. The only thing that confuses me about it is why do you think they're they're starting it after the Saudi Arabia show? Because they're stupid. Okay. Um, I mean, we had a big, um, if you want to say, you know, pre-show production meeting earlier um, where we almost spent two hours talking WWE. And that was something that I had brought up is I think the timing of the draft to the two tournaments to Crown Jewel, I think the way they did all of it was stupid. I didn't. I don't understand the orders and the reasons they're doing it the way they are doing it. I, I don't get it. Um, right. Why you had the draft and then two weeks later, three weeks later, whatever, you have Crown Jewel... Um, but yet you're still fighting on the show that you're currently on. But, I mean, and then you do this, you know, Crown Jewel and Queen's Crown tournaments, King of the Ring, whatever. Um, and the representatives for SmackDown, from the women's side, two or three of them are actually Monday Night Raw wrestlers. And it's just, it's all, it was to me, just clustered up into a bunch of crap. Right. Uh, Tony, thanks for tuning in. Dave Pulaski, thanks for tuning in. Um, yeah, so, I mean, if you want to, you know, get going, we can start talking about the draft and what? see what we think of the, I, the picks and where they went. I thought we were talking about the draft. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh I was I kind of figured McIntyre would have gone to SmackDown because now that's going to open up more um, not only opportunities but more challenges for Roman Reigns. Yeah. You know, you got yeah. McIntyre. You got yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's going to so, open up more, but it opens up different challengers. Different. I mean, I mean other. I mean, I guess. I mean other contenders that you may look at that came over for um, Roman Reigns. I mean, obviously we said Drew McIntyre. I mean, some people may think he deserves one last chance at a run at a major title. Jeff Hardy. Um, Sheamus came over. I mean, they're, they, they quote-unquote promoted Ridge Holland. From what I've read on two or three different sites, they expect big things out of Ridge Holland um, where he could be an eventual contender to a world championship. And then we have the free agent Brock Lesnar, who's, I mean, not that he's new, but he still hasn't really, I mean, they haven't fought yet. So, I mean, that adds, I mean, and then of course there's, you know, Mace who already said he was going to dominate the roster on SmackDown. But we'll get to that when we talk about SmackDown. Yep. Um, yeah, and um, it was just something where, 
you know, tag team switch, some tag team split. Um, and it's just, you know, it was, it was, to me, it was an interesting draft because I had originally said that the ones that were drafted to Raw, that basically stayed on Raw, I mean, we, we see them almost every week anyway. Same thing with SmackDown. But some of the ones that were drafted, I mean, like Liv Morgan went to Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see, who else was there? I'm trying to remember. I don't have the list in front of me. Uh, yeah, Bianca Belair went to Raw. Mm-hmm. So Raw's, you know, they, those are two good women's uh, wrestlers. I, I think Zelina Vega went to Raw too, right? Or she nope. stayed in SmackDown. She stayed in nope. SmackDown. She stayed she stayed on SmackDown, okay. Yep. Tony Storm. Well, she was so, already on SmackDown. She didn't get drafted. All right, yeah, she was already on SmackDown. Uh, Whoops. I thought, um, I thought the draft was... Actually, no, was no, Zelina Vega did go to Raw. Sorry. So, well, as far as... We didn't have yeah, as far as the women that were drafted to Raw... You already mentioned Bianca Belair, Zelina Vega, Becky Lynch, Carmella, Liv Morgan, Mia Yim, Tamina, and Tegan Knox. Just a minute. Uh, okay. Um, this commercial break is brought to you by, where the hell did he go? Well, it sounds like he had somebody go to his door. Um, so as I was saying, I, I mean, they picked up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight women on the Monday Night Raw roster. The SmackDown roster for, for women picked up Charlotte and Zia Lee and Aaliyah. Oh, yeah. That's and then, right. and then I guess if you want to say B-Fab, I, I mean, I know she's wrestled in a match or two on NXT. From what I, I've never seen it. Um, I, I, from what I understand, she isn't anything great in the ring. So, I mean, when you look at that, it kind of looks like they're going, I don't know, women heavy. On uh, almost turning over the entire Monday Night Raw women's roster? Right. I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, they do need some help in the women's division. But I don't think Zia Lee is the for them. I mean, like we talked earlier today, I was surprised Dakota Kai didn't go. Yeah, I don't know I, what's going on with... Um, Dakota Kai. I really don't know. I think she would have been a big asset to any of the roster, either roster. Right. So, so if we look at the Monday Night Raw roster overall, they have one, two, three. Well, I'll just I'll say all the names as I'm counting: Alexa Bliss, Oscar, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Carmella. Dana Brooke, Dewdrop, technically still Eva Marie, 
technically still Lacey Evans, Liv Morgan, Mia Yim, Nia Jax, Nikki A.S.H., Rhea Ripley, Tamina, Tegan Knox, Zelina Vega. That's 17. On the, on the SmackDown roster, they have Aaliyah, B-Fab, technically still Bailey, Charlotte, Naomi, Natalia, Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, Tony Storm, Zia Lee, and potentially um, still listed as a talent, Sonya Deville. That's twelve. So you have five more, five more women on the Raw roster. So maybe because of the third hour, that kind of evens itself out. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. But they still got. They're still going to have to do a lot of work with the women's roster on SmackDown with only twelve ladies. At least with SmackDown, I mean, at least with Raw, you can, you know, get different uh, different matches, different matchups each week, and you know, and, and even if you don't have a women's match for, you know, two weeks or so, at least you got, you know, five more that you can you can definitely work with. But, but I don't know. It's just WWE is just. I mean, I understand that Raw is going to get more picks and SmackDown because it's on for an hour more. It's a three-hour show. But, I don't know. I just I just don't really... I didn't really know what they were doing as far as the draft went. I mean, it was nice not to see Stephanie... Well, I mean, technically... Technically, they both had the same amount of picks. Because, okay. I mean, when it came down to it, in the at the end of the day, they had ten rounds of picks, mm-hmm. two for each brand in each round. Yep. It was the leftovers, quote unquote leftovers, that makes up the larger roster for Raw than SmackDown. Right. Because of the third hour, you know, people. I mean, like Liv Morgan. She went in the supplemental part of the draft. That was either announced on Raw Talk or Talking Smack. Yep. So, but my my question to you is: some of the things that I don't know. What, why don't we go? We'll go back and forth real quick. What was, in your opinion, one of the best things about the draft? Uh, I'd have to say talent of of uh, male wrestlers that they sent to Raw. I mean, you've got Finn Balor, you've got I believe Cesaro's on Raw now again. No. Um, no, he, 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 he didn't move. SmackDown. Yep. Okay. You got you got Finn Balor. You uh, Sheamus. He went to SmackDown. Yep. Um, Lashley's still there. Uh, you've also got the tag team. You know, um, um, who the hell are those guys? The Alpha Academy. Uh, I just think that um, Raw 
probably made, in my opinion, I could be wrong. Um, I would say, I think Raw got, got a little bit better of talent than SmackDown did in a way. I mean, yeah, Raw lost Ricochet. He went to SmackDown. Styles and Omos stayed on Raw. RK Bro stayed on Raw. So you're basically going to see a mixture of different matches, but you're also going to see more different matchups and different programs that they're going to be running. So I'm kind of looking forward to it. Okay. Um, and the one thing that I, I do love, that I also did like, and it's kind of along the same sentiment, was for a while it seemed that they were putting all their chips on the table for SmackDown. I mean, they brought John Cena back to have a campaign, Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar, and then they brought Becky Lynch back to to be on SmackDown, and it, like we said, they added Eve Marie and Doostrop to to Raw. Um, so that that's one thing I like is that. They're still, they're, looks like they're reinvesting. I mean, adding Edge, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, you know, some of the, some bigger names from SmackDown. And they're adding the Street Profits, you know, coming over to, to Monday Night Raw. Looks like they're trying to reinvigorate Monday Night Raw. Right. Um, I'll go, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, we know in past weeks, SmackDown has been beating Raw each week, some of the matches, some of their shows. Oh, all their shows. Yeah, but like you said, with, with all those guys, getting them to, to reinvigorate Raw is probably going to get a lot more view. I know I'm going to be more interested in watching a little bit. Uh, going to be watching Raw a lot, a lot more intently now. Okay. Um, I, I just don't know, I mean, what they're expecting. And, you know, the naysayers out there that are, you know, AEW marks and everybody else and anti-WWE will say, oh, see, you did all this and the ratings aren't changing. Well, they're going up against Monday Night Football. So I don't know how much of a change we're going to see and the effect of the change. Does that take a little while to build up? That I'm not sure. Um, but as far as something we didn't like, I'll go first. Um, okay. Right now, there are, what, nine titles on the main roster in WWE? Yes. Okay. Um so it's kind of a twofold thing. Switching Charlotte and Becky Lynch as Raw Women's Champion and SmackDown Women's Champion. Don't understand, don't get, don't like it. The other thing is, is one of the titles, um, which is the only title that's defended on both brands, is held by Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H., and that's the women's tag team titles. Currently constructed on the roster, there are no women's tag teams. 
Somebody I had read an article. Somebody would, somebody made a comment. Well, well, you're wrong because Carmella and Zelina Vega are still together. Well, they teamed together one time. That doesn't make them a tag team. Right. So that was, I mean, especially with the popularity that Shotzi and Tegan were getting on SmackDown. Uh-huh. I just didn't and don't understand that. Right, and I agree with the Becky Lynch Charlotte uh, move. I I didn't understand that because obviously now they're gonna have to switch. They're gonna have to switch belts. Um, but the tag teams, as far you know, you can't have. You, know, you had some good teams, like you said, Shotzi and Tegan. They beat the, the women's tag team champions twice in non-title matches. They were a legitimate bona fide women's well, tag team. They were supposed to be next in line for a tag team title, but then Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H., who granted have more experience on the main roster than Tegan and Shotzi, I mean, they didn't bring up Shotzi and Ember Moon, who were a tag team, and still don't know what the hell was behind that. But, you know... So, I mean, okay, but why did you build up Shotzi and Tegan to A, not give them a title shot, and B, to split them up? I know. And it looks like now WWE is probably going to just, you know, put some women together to put them in tag team matches. And it's probably going to be women that have never teamed up before that don't have any chemistry behind them. Right. And it's just going to be a, a fiasco. Because I think, you know, like you said, with um, Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley defending both titles, defending the title on both shows, I I see them defending the title more on Raw than they will with SmackDown. Because with SmackDown and their women's well. division, I don't see very tag teams coming out of there. No, I, I don't either. Um, what the hell did that say? Oh, I'll be alright. Okay. I'm losing my mind here. Um, I mean, tag teams that they could possibly put together on Raw. I mean, do you... Have a Tamina pair with a, a Mia Yim as her like mentor, and is that a tag team that would be, you know, somebody that would intimidate anyone? Um, do you maybe put Liv Morgan and Alexa Bliss together, and you have your Five Feet of Fury twins going after the title? I I, I just I don't know. I mean, that would be an interesting team. Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan. Yeah, but I mean, who else? I mean, what else? I mean, no, go away. Um, I mean, would you team? I don't even know on, on Raw. And SmackDown's even worse. Yeah. I don't, I mean, the, uh, I don't, Aaliyah and Zia Lee as an up-and-coming tag team? I mean, did you pair somebody up with 
Natalia in a different tag team manner. I just, I really, and I think now they have to um, get rid of the tag team titles. Maybe have Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. go one-on-one against each other for a mid-level women's title that can be dependent on both brands. I I don't know. Because then you would have 29 wrestlers fighting over technically three titles. Yeah, they would all be singles matches, but you could still put your, you know, Eva Marie tagging with... You know, Dana Brooke against Selena Vega and Dewdrop. I don't know. <laughs> yep. Now, Tamina went to SmackDown, right? No, she went to she she went to Raw. Okay, Natalia went to SmackDown, right? Well, Natalia stayed on SmackDown. They were both originally a SmackDown yeah, tag team that held the belts. Do you think because they because they both have tag team experience, but with different partners. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you see WWE maybe making a women's tag team of Natalia and Shayna Baszler? No. Okay. No, I, I, I think they did the experiment with Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. I honestly think she's going to get her little push. Um... It, you know, uh, we'll, I'll explain why a little bit later. Um, but as a singles competitor, um, but no, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, Tony Storm and Shotzi. Yeah, because yeah, they're just... You know, and and it it's just. I mean, it's it's been said before, and it'll be said again. Vince McMahon just doesn't put any faith into tag team wrestling. Right. Yep. Totally agree. And with the singles, I mean, you know, men, men, you know, men in general, I think SmackDown is going to have a really good men's roster for individual matches. I mean, you know, they they added Ricochet. Um, Cesaro's still there. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of definite possibilities with some of the new ones on SmackDown. You know, Drew McIntyre, and it's it's going to be interesting to see. You know what what they're going to do as far as matchups and and new feuds go. Right. And so, yeah, so uh, let me get your opinion on, let me ask you a question, and, and if, you, if you can give me three names, uh, that, that would be cool. Which three people were you surprised did not go from NXT in the draft? Oh, um, well, one was already discussed. Um, Dakota Kai, that was somebody that I thought when we did our mock draft, um, somebody that I honestly thought was going up to the main roster. That's why she hadn't been around in NXT. Um, number two 
Walter. And number three. I didn't, I didn't hear number two because you froze up. Walter. Walter, okay, yep. And number and number three. I'll go with well, you know what? I'll go with the rest of it and say Imperium the tag team. So I'll put them okay. all together at Walter. Um I would have I could have seen them come up instead of um Oh my god. My mind is from blank. A uh, hit row. And then the third, I'll say, Escobar Santos. Okay. Or Santos Escobar, sorry. (laughs) My three, I agree with you on the first two. Dakota Kai and Walter, or Imperium and Walter, that, that would be two. My third one, though, I kind of, I kind of wanted to see Pete Dunn. That's what I was just gonna say. I totally forgot about him because that's something that I honestly thought could come up. And he was like my border. He was like my uh, honorable mention on my, you know, on our five and five. Yeah, and it's. I'm really surprised that Pete Dunn was not drafted. I mean. Joe, let's see. Are Zoe Stark and Io Shirai women's tag champs on NXT? Yes. Yep. Yes, they are, Joe. Thank you for tuning in. Um, well, then again, that, that, that too. I mean, I, I even thought Zoe, I mean, uh, Io Shirai would have probably came up. Nah, I didn't think that. I, I still think she needs to do, she, she needs to do a little bit more, again, in the singles. Um, if you notice, I mean, she's not that big. I mean, Io Shirai is what? Five foot two, maybe? Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, man. She is... Yeah, 1.56 meters tall. Goddamn people. That's... But it's translated to five foot... One and a half inches. We have enough of those small, tiny little people on the roster that, you know, are impressed. I mean, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan. I mean, we, you know, Dana Brooks not that tall. Um, yeah, exactly. So I don't, I don't know if we need an Io Shirai as of yet. I was surprised we didn't get Pete Dunn involved in the draft since Ridge Holland got drafted to SmackDown. That's what Joe just said. Okay, Steve Hornblad, thank you for tuning in, my friend. Nice to see you out there. Uh, one thing I'm... Well, just a quick comment to what Joe said. Ridge Holland is the type of wrestler that Vince McMahon likes on the roster. I mean, right. not that he doesn't like his smaller athletic wrestlers, but you see where that's gotten Cesaro. You, you know what I mean? You, you see where it's gotten Ricochet. You, you know, so that, I mean, Daniel Bryan was the oddity 
you know, AJ Styles, he's an oddity. They're just special. Um, and I don't know if Pete Dunne is that, quote-unquote, special. Um, he's getting better. He's getting better, but... Now, let me ask you a question. Yes or no? If she wasn't champion, you think Raquel Gonzalez would have won? I think she should have, yeah. Yep. I, 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 I do, too. I, I just... I. Got this feeling though, because if you've noticed since her and Dakota Kai split, it, is there even much of a mention of Raquel Gonzalez? No, because she's not that good on the mic. Right. And WWE has. I mean, Shayna Baszler, they have, you know, they have Nia Jax. I mean, they're okay on the mic, but they're not Charlotte. They're not Sasha. They're not Bailey, They're not Becky. They're not Alexa Bliss. You know, those wrestlers that are really good on the mic. And I think that's some of the little stigma that Raquel Gonzalez um, is missing. Right. So, yeah, all right. So, for everybody, that, that, that was our... Our, our preview of the draft. I'm sure we'll get back to that uh, later on. But right now, this is my favorite part of the show. I'm hoping it's everybody else's favorite part. It's Nuggies News. So, Greg, go ahead. All right. Well, we got lots to talk about today. Where the heck do I want to start? Um. Whoa, what the heck? Chip, what are you doing over there? Well, you were doing something because the phone went to your forehead and started bonging. Um, oh, well, actually, this one's doesn't need to talk about. Um, we actually had a little post come in our chat um, sent to us by the little nugster earlier um, about a rumor that Lita wanted to fight Becky Lynch. Um... She has mentioned that she is considering one more quote-unquote run in, in WWE. So I have a list of here or five dream opponents currently on the roster for Lita. And once again, in true Nuggies news form, give me your scale on 1 to 10 as to excitement level if these matches were to happen. First one, okay. Rhea Ripley versus Lita. Eight. Okay, I agree. I'd be, I'd be very well. I'm not gonna say very because that would be a nine or ten. Um, I'll say I'd be excited to see that match. Yep. Shayna Baszler versus Lita. Six. Exact number I had in my head. Six. Bianca Belair versus Lita. Eight. See, I'd give that one a six. Um, I, I just think the contrast in, in wrestling styles between the two of them wouldn't mesh that well. Number two, Becky Lynch. Nine. Yeah, 
I'd say nine. And then the last one is the queen herself, Charlotte. That's what I would think. I'd say nine as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, any interest greater than what we went through? Um, somebody that you, that has been mentioned that you would like to see in a match against Lita? Uh, you know, as crazy as this may sound, I can really get behind Lita and Alexa Bliss. Okay. Um, Tony says, Tony says Tony Storm. I don't think Tony Storm has the reputation for it yet, but that could be interesting. But the one person I think they should have had on this list instead of Shayna Baszler, to me is obvious, Sasha Banks. I mean, just the way the two of them can go around in the ring, off the top rope, inside the ring, I think that could be an excellent match. Well, we don't need that one. And did I do I did it again. I deleted the wrong freaking article. Son of a... Okay. Um, let's stick with a little bit more fantasy. Um, as there's no, no doubt in the world that... I mean, not including um, Fabius Mula because... I mean, she held the title for 213 years. But I think the first woman of a big style and power wrestler that dominated WWE was China. I have a list here of five fantasy matches for China against current WWE superstars. And once again, one through ten. First one they list, Nia Jax. Uh, I'd say seven. Really? Yep. See, I go with a three. <laughs> really? Well, okay. main reason why is, especially with Nia Jax, power versus power is, yeah, okay, it's nice to see. But as far as Nia Jax performing, she she's just a big fat blob. She doesn't, you know, Rhea Ripley's power and she can move. You know, I just, I don't know. I just wouldn't get behind that. As opposed to the next one where I can get a little bit more behind, Shayna Baszler and China. That's the one I was thinking of. I would give that at least an eight. I would give it a nine, to be honest with you. Because done right, Shayna Baszler, that was in the Elimination Chamber and knocked the shit out of all five competitors against the China. I think that could be an excellent match. Sasha Banks versus China. I'll say six. I, I would go with a five. Bianca Belair versus China. Seven. Okay. Um, I'd, I'd probably go with that one a six. Um, the next one, 
Um, I don't know the excitement level, but the interest level would be high for me. Um, and that's the Queen, Charlotte versus China. Um, I would say if it was Charlotte of two years ago, I'd give it a nine. Oh, okay. I think Charlotte's lost a step or two. Um, over the last year or so, and but if it was if it's the Charlotte of now, then I would give it like a seven and a half. See, I don't see. I, I mean, I think the Charlotte now looks more physical than the Charlotte before. Which I think you would need against a China, as to where I mean, not that she doesn't wrestle as well, but she doesn't. She it just seems to me like she interjects herself more physically than methodically. Right. All right. Um, one thing that people have always well not always wondered, but the question comes up. Has we have we seen the Undertaker um, in the ring wrestling for the last time, or will he come back um, and make a return? Well, in an interview with ET Online, um, Undertaker revealed that a return of the Dead Man to a WWE ring is simply not going to happen, and this is a quote. My days in the ring are done. It's not because I don't want to be in the ring, and that is where I spent most of my adult life. My whole life, really. More than half my life has been spent in the sports entertainment ring. So in my mind, I can still see everything. In my heart, you know I want to be out there, but it's at a point where my body just can't deliver, and I don't want to cheapen the legacy of that character. I'd hate for people to pay money and see me work and be disappointed. Right. We this do that with exactly my point. We do not see that with your typical aging wrestlers. They always want to go that one last time. I mean, for whatever the reason, they want to still feel that glory. But the Undertaker knows that if he were to compete... He wouldn't be able to go the way he wants to. Right. Well, Greg, Joe, Joe chimed in on those um, those matches he just talked about. He said five on Nia, eight on Shayna, seven on Sasha, five on Bianca, and eight on Charlotte. Oh, okay. Okay. And, you know, getting back to The Undertaker. I, I totally wholeheartedly agree because. But we'll talk. I'll, I'll talk. No, about no, go ahead. Go ahead. What were you saying? No, go ahead. What were you saying? No, I was going to say that it, it's like Goldberg. I mean, you're still a name. Leave your legacy where it was. People will remember The Undertaker oh, this is old. and talk about The Undertaker long after he's gone. Because when you mention WWE, you can't mention WWE 
without without mentioning the Undertaker. And he is playing it very smart by saying his body just can't perform anymore. And he's the smart one to say that because he's not like he said. He's not going to have get in the ring and have people pay money to see the Undertaker when it's really not the Undertaker. Right. It's some old guy. And one other quick question before you get back to Nuggies News. Um, I don't know if you've ever noticed it, but I've noticed it a lot too. And I always wondered what the what the um, meaning was of it. But every time the Undertaker got in the ring, he always sat on the middle row. And we sit down a little bit. Have you noticed that? Uh, never, that he sat down on the rope? Yeah, he would get in the ring, and then he would go like this, and the rope would go down, and then it would come back up when he got off, or when he got in the ring. I'll be honest with you, I've never, ever noticed. Oh, okay. I always wondered, you know, what the... If there was a meaning of it, or if he did it because it... It, um takes aches and pains away from certain parts of his body, because I do that a lot at, at work. You know, a lot of people know, you know, my knees are shot. I'm going to have to have knee replacement. And a lot of times I walk around and I need to brace myself on something for fear I'm going to fall. Never noticed it. Oh, okay. Um, and one last thing in Nuggies news. Um, as I'm not going to say predicted... Um, but as I've speculated and I was proven right, I mean, not like it's a prediction show where I'm not right anymore. Um, I had stated that I thought that the Sony Deville Naomi thing was going to end up with Sony Deville being back in the ring against Naomi. Well, if her career does turn to a more significant role as an active wrestler, I have a list of an article that. Um, comes up that's saying five superstars who could replace Sonya Deville as an authority figure. And, once again, true true style, you know, likability of it happening. One to ten. Right. First one they list is Sami Zayn. Five. Okay. See, I, I think with his... Mike skills, um, if they put him in an authority aspect, I would go seven or eight. Okay. Eva Marie. Six. See, I'd go four, just because I find her so annoying, I hate her. <laughs> MVP. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Zelina Vega. Four. Yep. And last that they have on this list, Happy Corbin. Uh, one. You don't think he'd do a good job as an authority figure? No. I don't. Oh. Okay. Um, I I do agree of this list. Um, crap, my mind just went blank. 
crap. I don't even, I, my mind just, I already deleted the article. Um, cause to me, there's one, yeah, there's one clear cut winner on the list of my mind. Just went, who's the one that I said was for Corbin? You gave an eight to it. Exactly. I can't remember either. Who did you say before Corbin? I don't remember. Uh, said, I deleted it. Dumbass. No, it was it wasn't Zelina. Little Nugster chimed in with Zelina. Joe, so who was it before Zelina then? Come on. One of us has to have a brain. Oh, MVP. MVP. Yes, I think yep. he, of those five, he would make the best alternate authority figure with Adam Pierce. Yep. Thank you, yep. Joe. All right, and that's Nuggies News. All right. Thank you. We all, like I always say, after every win, how about them Cowboys? But, uh... Dude, you're basically playing a junior college team right now. Their starting quarterback and their all pro and their all pro running back are out of the game and they got this Mike Glennon quarterbacking for him. Alright. But even if those guys didn't go out of the game, I don't think it would have made a difference. I don't think I think the score would have been a lot closer. Oh, oh yeah, I mean it wouldn't be Holy crap. What? Well I have the game on. And that Giants yeah, guy that Giants guy he literally, I mean, he full on into a Dallas Cowboys helmet. Well, oh wow, they were all pushing and shoving. Yeah. See, that's why. That's why I hate them. That's why I hate them Cowboys. They're such thugs. More people in a cowboy. More people in a Cowboys have been in jail than people here in Connecticut total. <laughs> Anyways, back to the regular scheduled program. Yes. Um, so, October 21st, we have Jenna Saudi Arabia. Well, we're not going to talk yep. SmackDown? Okay, we can do SmackDown first. Um, well, SmackDown, your... SmackDown happens before Crown Jewel. All right. What was your overall take on SmackDown? <laughs> For, and I won't take full credit, but for it being a season premiere where typically speaking, big things happen, nothing big happened, nothing medium happened, nothing small happened. It wasn't even a, maybe a value size thing happened. The dollar menu happened on SmackDown this week. Okay, I can I can agree with that. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I kind of like to think I know, but I I don't know where they're what they're going to do with this Paul Heyman situation. I think right now he's probably going to lean towards Brock Lesnar. He's, he's been, like you said, he's been with Lesnar 20 years. 
I don't see him leaking out some kind of weaknesses that Lesnar has to give to Roman. And Roman doesn't need that. I think Roman can handle himself on his own. He doesn't need the Usos or anybody else out there. He's been champion 400-something days. Right. And I just, I just think that, you know, like we talked earlier, I, I think somewhere along the line, if it's not going to be Saudi Arabia, it might be... Um, the Survivor Series, but I think eventually, somewhere along the line, Lesnar's going to win the Universal title. Um, he is a free agent, so he can go on either show. He is going to be on SmackDown uh, this coming Friday, which I believe is some kind of special show as well. Well, and not that it's a special show, but because it's on FS1, and typically speaking you get a lot less viewers on FS1 than on Fox. They're trying to make it a big event to try and gather more right. viewers. Yep. So, yeah, but I think um, I I gave SmackDown a, a D. Well, I wouldn't. Grade. Yeah, I don't know. Well, well, I'll give you my overall grade after we overall go through it. Um, okay. I was going to say, oh, in, in um, response to your Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman thing, the only thing that makes me not think that Paul Heyman's going to do something bad for Roman Reigns and side with Brock Lesnar is that means, I will know, Brock Lesnar's a part-time performer in WWE. So if he sides with Paul, if Paul Heyman sides with Brock Lesnar, that makes Paul Heyman a part-time performer on SmackDown. And after the promo that he did where he ended up on his knees preaching his love, quote-unquote love, to Roman Reigns, I don't see how you take that off of weekly programming. And right. one one show a month, maybe not too much, maybe you don't see Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman from Survivor Series, if anything, to the Royal Rumble. I, I just, I don't see how they can do that. So that's why I really don't see Paul Heyman going against the bloodline. Right. And little note added, I think he said he thinks SmackDown is going to go until 10.30 that night to go head-to-head with AEW for a half an hour. I don't know how long it is. If it's two and a half hours long, or if it's three hours long, or if it's two hours long, and they're just going to go into overtime like they used to do on USA... I don't know. It's FS1, so anything you're going to put on FS1, it's going to be better than anything else that would have been on FS1 on a Friday night, so. Right. So, let's get back into SmackDown. Yep. Um, so, they opened up with the, and I'll say, quote-unquote, contract signing for Becky Lynch's title. Um, and at first, I was like, wait a minute, they're opening a show 
and Bianca Belair is already in the ring. And I was saying to myself, that's, I mean, if that's not a slap in the face to Bianca Belair that they don't even show her entire entrance, that was my first thought. Oh, do you want me to go first? The scene has already started. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Um, and then after that, they then showed Becky Lynch sitting at a contract signing table in the aisle. And then they showed Sasha Banks on top of the announcer's table. So then I wasn't so, quote-unquote, offended for Bianca Belair that they showed her entrance already entering, already being in the ring. Um, the back and forth, you know, verbally jarring between Bianca and Sasha and Sasha and Becky and Becky and Bianca and, and whatnot um, was good. It was good. Um, but as we all know, it's a contract signing, and I, I can't recall the last contract signing that didn't end in a physical um, matter happened. I was impressed, even though she didn't have to pick them up, but that she held both Becky and Sasha over her shoulders and walked a few feet. I don't know if Sasha was supposed to fall off. It kind of looked at first like she accidentally fell off the top and they just kind of ad-libbed the rest. But then when I watched the replay, it looks like Sasha leaned over to fall off. But doing the KOD on Becky through Sasha and the table was was good for Bianca um, on SmackDown. I, I gave the overall segment a B plus. Okay, Johnny Burke, thanks for tuning in, my friend. Good to see you out there. Um, yeah, like you said, you know, what, what contract signing doesn't end with some kind of mayhem? And it was weird how you didn't see all three of them in the ring getting ready to sign the contract and, and everything else. Because like you had said earlier when we had our, uh, our little talk today for, during our visit, um, how it looked like Becky was the only one that signed it. And I was, I mean, I was very impressed with, like you said, with what um, Bianca Belair did with the KOD and, and everything else. And it's going to, and it's making me lean more towards wanting to see Bianca win at the uh, Arabia show. You know, to get back at Becky Lynch keep talking about, oh, wow, I beat you in 26 seconds and blah, blah, blah. And she's got a bone to pick with Sasha. Well, shape froze up on my end. Hold on, folks. Maybe we'll be back. All right. We're back. <laughs> you, froze up on, you froze up on my end. Okay. Um, like I said, I gave the overall contract signing a B as well. Okay. All right. Um, then after that, we got into the first match of the King of the Ring tournament. Um, it was a quarterfinal match. That's where they started out. And it was Rey Mysterio versus Sami Zayn. What'd you think? I thought it was 
a decent match. Um, I think it's the first time I've seen those two going at it in a while because we're used to seeing Dominic against Sami Zayn. Um, I was kind of surprised that you know Dominic didn't get more involved in the match. Um, I think somewhere along the line, like we talked earlier, you know, maybe on Monday Night Raw you'll see, you'll see a Dominic heel turn. Um, was I surprised Rey Mysterio lost? Yeah. Um, I just think Sam Zayn, because we discussed his um, affiliations and everything and how I don't think he's going to go to to Saudi Arabia. Um, I thought it was a good match. I mean, it was action. There was quite a bit of action in the match. I, I gave the match a C. Oh, okay. Um, B, minus, B minus to a C plus. Okay. Um, that's actually the grade that, that I gave it was a B minus to a C plus. Um, and I think it's it's realistically due to the fact that I I have more of a liking for Sami Zayn than you do. Um, but probably less of a liking for Rey Mysterio than you do. So it kind of evened itself out. Um, I thought it was a good match. I, from the moment that I heard that this was going to be the, be a matchup, I thought Sami Zayn was going to win. Um, the end with Sami Zayn removing the turnbuckle and Dominic quote unquote getting in the way by trying to put the turnbuckle back on. Sami Zayn throws Ray into Dominic, and then Ray's kind of looking at Dominic. Why are you there? And then he rolls him up. It was probably the only negative thing in a, in my eyes for the match. Um, but once again, I also gave it a B minus to a C plus. Okay. Then we got to the first match of the women's crown, or sorry, the queen's crown, which is the women's equivalent to the king of the ring. And it was Tony Storm versus Zelina Vega. Um, I don't know really what to say about this match. It was over before it started. Um, I mean, for the two minutes of wrestling that they put on, it was decent. But I read a comment somebody posted that it took... It takes longer for Roman Reigns to walk from the entrance ramp and get in the ring than it took for this entire match. So, I mean, you're focusing on this women's queen's crown tournament and you're giving two wrestlers like Tony Storm and Zelina Vega two or three minutes to show as much as they can and you really didn't get much out of it. I gave this match a D. Which stinks okay. because I really think Tony Storm, not that she could be a force to contend with, but she could be more than just a patsy for Zelina Vega. Right. Um, I agree with you on the match as well. I don't think the match was that good. Then again, I'm probably one of the very few people on the top rope report that I'm, I'm not sold on Tony Storm. I mean, I thought, you know, that she would be in a Vega. Am I surprised that she lost? 
No. Um, but I think Tony, I think Tony Storm could have had a could have made a, a better showing. The match was decent. It was okay. I mean, I wouldn't give it like a C or anything else. Uh, Zelina Vega. Really don't know where they're, where they're going with her as far as her singles push or anything. I gave the match a D as well. Okay. Um, then after that, they had the uh, already kind of mentioned um, Roman Reigns and the Bloodline deliver a message to Brock Lesnar. What did you think of the segment? Uh, I thought the segment was pretty good. I think it would have been better if Lesnar came out, made an appearance, which I'm surprised he didn't. Um, the thing with Paul Heyman, you know, looking at camera, you know, Roman was happy that he was able to get the Usos on SmackDown, and well, Paul Heyman did what he, he did his job, this, that, and the other thing. But I think Roman, I think Roman feel something's up as far as Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar go. Uh, I expected it to go a little differently. I expected maybe Roman to, like, you know, grab him by the collar or something and say, hey, you know, talking to the camera, you know, tell Brock Lesnar this. And I I gave the segment a, a C. Wow. I only gave it a okay. C because... Lesnar didn't show up. If Lesnar showed up, I probably would have given it a B plus. Okay. Um, for Paul Heyman's performance, now we we all know Paul Heyman's great on the mic, mm-hmm. but for Paul Heyman's performance, for him to first say it to Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns said no, don't say it to me, say it to Brock. And then the promo that he cut, I can't, I can't go lower than an A for this segment. Just because of that and that alone. And one thing you got to realize is Brock Lesnar's got a limited amount of appearances and matches that, that he's in in his contract. Are you really, I mean, if you want him on next week... You're not going to waste an appearance this week. It's better for WWE, like with, which we'll get to later, Seth um, Rollins and Edge. You know, rather than having a face-to-face confrontation, you have your statement made, then the next week, your rebuttal by Brock Lesnar. Um, So yeah, like I said, I, I gave this segment an A. I think it was fantastic the performance that Paul Heyman gave. Alrighty. Then after that, we went back to the Queen's Crown with the next quarterfinal, which was Liv Morgan against Carmella. Um, but before that, Mace was interviewed as to his expectations and what he think can happen um, when he comes to SmackDown. And he said that in the interview that Nobody was ready to dominate anyone more than he will dominate on the blue brand. So we'll have to see if the Predator does anything. 
Um, and with the Liv Morgan Carmella um, match, I don't know whose idea was it to get this mask thing that Carmella has put on her face the last two Fridays, but it's 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 gotta stop. It's dumb. It's stupid. The mask looks even dumber than the segments with her wearing it. Um, it, it was another quick match, and it's infuriating on how they're treating Liv Morgan. I, I mean, are you gonna put her over or are you not? I mean, it's like, you know what, uh, whatever your, I mean, not that she's my favorite, but whatever your favorite food is, it's like you see him making it, and you're all excited, but just for dinner, they say, oh, no, no, this wasn't for you, it's for somebody else. I've been wanting sugar-free chocolate chip cookies, homemade sugar-free chocolate chip cookies for about a week now. And somebody said that they're going to bring me cookies. So when it's store-bought bakery cookies that's not homemade it's just a disappointment and that's how i feel about lib morgan um and their lack of knowing what they want to do with this poor girl um i I gave this match just like the other women's match a d yep and i and i echo the same sentiments i mean the mask is ridiculous carmella's still still great to look at regardless but why put such a big deal on Liv Morgan? You know, she beat Zelina Vega. She beat, a, she beat Carmella a couple times. Giving her some kind of momentum, so to speak. And then all of a sudden, you have her lose. It, was, it just made no sense. And Yeah, to match an extreme rules, I mean, other than the last women's match, she got the loudest cheer. Mm-hmm. I mean, of an entrance. I mean, yeah, the, the the crowd went nuts, you know, when Charlotte Flair came out afterwards and everything, but, geez. Ooh, excuse me. You think they'll do anything different with her on Raw? I hope so. I really do. Yep. Um, then after that, we had the led to the match, the next match of the King of the Ring, which was Cesaro versus Finn Balor. Um, before that, Naomi questioned Sonya Deville as to why she hasn't been given a match yet. And do you just want to take it from here, or do you want to just go with the match? Well, I'll take it from there. I thought, okay. I mean... You had even gone on record as saying that, you know, Sonya Deville's going to come back and they're going to have a match together. I've been waiting for Sonya Deville to come back because I want to see if she's lost a step or two. I mean, she looks like she's in good shape. I'm sure she's been training like you wouldn't believe. It's going to be nice to see her back in the ring. But like I had said when I had the visit with you today, is it something that are they going to put Naomi over? And if they do, then what's that going to do to the comeback for Sony Deville? Um, I I gave the segment a C. Okay. And um, then then what'd you think of the match? The Finn Balor Cesaro match 
I, I enjoyed that. When I saw the brackets and I saw Cesaro versus Finn Balor, I sat up and went, oh, good, I got to watch this one. This is going to be a good one. And it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Um, it was a tough match on both ends. It was hard hitting on both ends. Um, Finn Balor ended it with the coup de gras. I, I get I gave the match an A. Oh, okay. That's how good I thought. Okay. Um, back to the beginning part. The segment with Sonya Deville and Naomi. Um, I mean, it really wasn't that much of a segment. Uh, but seeing as you did give that little part a grade, I'll give it a grade myself. Um, and and I'll go with C to C plus only because it was very predictable. Um, as, as to it eventually happening. As far as the match, um, it was a very, very good match. I mean, I know either one, you expect a good match out of either one in any match they're in, no matter who they're going up against. So, I mean, I, I went B+. Plus. I didn't go to the A with this. Um... The outcome was as expected. Finn Balor winning. Um, and, I mean, there's really, it was a match that I expected. Um, back and forth between the two. And uh, I think it makes for a pretty, you know, well, would have made for an interesting second round match of Finn Balor and Sami Zayn. But, you know, whether the rumor is truth or it's fact, it doesn't look like Sami Zayn, he's never gone to Saudi Arabia for political reasons. I don't know why he would start all of a sudden now, so it looks like Finn Balor will be a walkover. Then we had the closing segment where Edge challenged Seth Rollins to a Hell in a Cell match. Um, and what I will say about what's going on between Seth Rollins and Edge is the perfect reason to me why you didn't need to have Brock Lesnar come out and confront Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. Because the promos that these two guys have done with one not being in the ring, one being in the ring, you know, Seth Rollins being there, or Edge being there last week, um... And Seth Rollins being at Edge's house. The week before, Seth Rollins being there and Edge being home recuperating. You, if, if you're an up-and-coming wrestler and you want to learn how to do a solo promo, watch these two guys in this feud that they've been doing. Because this was another A segment to me. Everything about it was was awesome. I mean... The fighting back and forth to, to Edge going through Seth Rollins to the announcer's table and Pat McAfee jumping like he hasn't had to jump since kicking a game-winning field goal for the Saints. His headset went flying. Just everything about it was a great way to close the show. Absolutely. I totally agree 100%. When, you know, Seth Rollins is playing this part perfectly. Um, was I surprised that it's going to be Hell in a Cell? Yeah. 
Minus the Hell in a Cell because it's going to be a a brutal match. Um, I was glad to see Edge when he showed up and, you know, Seth was talking about his kid, the broken hearts, and then he showed up and the look in his eye was was scary. Yeah. Yep. I really think that what, what these two are going to do to each other in this match is is beyond anything. I definitely gave the segment an, an A was definitely a great way to close the show, like you said. Yeah. Um, yep. So... Overall, again, your thoughts? Uh, I think I think the ending segment saved the show, <clears throat> but I'm still going to go with my overall prediction of a C. See, I don't. I mean, going by your grades per match per segment, I don't. I I don't see how a D is justifiable. Um, one <laughs> neg, huh? A C. Oh well, when we before we started, you said D is in dog. Sorry, you're you're oh, free. You're freezing up on me here, like left and right. I, I meant to say C. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, the the well, the best and the worst part of the show for me was the fact that you really had three segments. You had the opening segment, the contract signing, then Reigns and Heyman, and then Edge and Rollins. And not one match scored higher than any of those three promos, in my mind. It's still, I know it's entertainment, but it's still world wrestling entertainment. And when the three best parts of your show are talking... To me, that's an issue. When two of the five matches you put on were Ds, that's a problem for me. Um, And that's why I give the overall show a C as in Cat, just like you did. Um, It could have been so much more, could have been so much better. But, once again, for the season premiere of, of Friday Night SmackDown or SmackDown Live... Um, it was disappointing. Okay. Um, a couple of announcements I'd like to make. Um, for a lot of you, for a lot of you, uh, people that tune into the show every week, you know, before the pandemic hit, uh, Greg and I used to do the show in a meeting room that had tremendous acoustics. That's why we enjoyed the show there. Pandemic hit, shut it down, they closed it down. Greg and I had to find a place, you know, to do the show. We eventually did, you know, with the Facebook Live, we found a place to do the show. And I find out this week that that room that we used to do the show in is available to be used again. So our 400th episode is coming up. We're going to be working on something to um, get ourselves back into that meeting room to do the show again. Uh, I'm going to talk with Greg off the air this week. Uh, you know, possibly, you know, maybe inviting somebody there to join us. We're not sure. We, we haven't ironed out all the details yet. 
Well, it's it's kind of like getting the top rope report back to normal where we used to do the show before. So definitely looking 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 forward to getting back into the meeting room and you know making our 400th episode an epic one. And this would be a special event. Um, don't take what Tripp said out of context. We're not going to be looking to do the show there every week. I, I just don't have transportation, um, right. especially on a Sunday. Um, yeah. I just I wouldn't have transportation set up to be able to do that right now. Um, so yeah, it's definitely looking. We're trying to do it as a, as a special um, occasion. Yes. So, so definitely uh, looking forward to getting the ball rolling on that. Um, I mean, there's a couple things we could talk about with the Saudi Arabia show, but that's 11 days away. So, I mean, if you want to, I mean, if you want to talk about a few things with that, we can. If not, we can discuss it on Wednesday's episode. Whatever you want to do. Does not Uh, matter to me. Well, with the with, with the way WWE is, you know, sometimes they like to change things up, or you know, like we had said, like I said earlier today when I went to visit with you, they have more stipulations in this Saudi Arabia pay per view than they had at the Extreme Rules one, and the Extreme Rules one should be the one that has the most, or if not all, stipulations. Right. Because I believe there's three of them. There's the triple threat match for the women, which is a stipulation. They have the no holes barred match between Bobby Lashley and Goldberg, mm-hmm. which is a special stipulation. And then they have um, Hell in a Cell, Edge Hell and Rollins. Huh? Yeah, Edge and Rollins, Hell in a Cell. So. You never know if it's gonna you know, if they're gonna change up something or if they're gonna add another match or two. Um, yeah, right now there's eight so, matches, so I mean we yeah. don't have to you know go into each match or anything. Um, but you know right now it's eight matches. It's the the finals of both the tournaments. Um, yep. As we just said, those three matches: the women's triple threat, um, Becky, Sasha, Bianca, um, and then the uh, no holds barred Lashley and, and Goldberg. Then they have, I mean, as we've talked about, Reigns versus Lesnar. Um, the other matches are RK Bro defending their titles against AJ and Omos. And then Big E defends his title against Drew McIntyre. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, without really going into too much too long um, of a conversation about it, the, the issues that I have were, once again, the timing of the draft and crown jewel because even if you thought that Drew McIntyre was going to beat Big E, you know he's not because Drew McIntyre is going to SmackDown and they're not going to put the two main titles on SmackDown. Um, And it's just, you know, things like that. It just, why not, you know, wait and do the draft after. Um, right. I, I mean, why did you feel like you had to do it right now? Um, to, to establish the rosters before the Survivor Series? Okay, then do it earlier. 
Do it right after SummerSlam. You know, do it the end of August, beginning of September. And say the rosters take effect the day after Extreme Rules. But they choose to go this way with it. You know, they're billionaires and I'm a dollar heir. So that's the difference between me and them. Oh yeah, okay. Well, we can uh, we can bring up some more about the uh, the Saudi Arabia show on our next show on Wednesday. Um, anything else you'd like to add before we close up, Greg? Nope. Looks like you're getting ready to go. Um. Well, yeah. No, I mean, I'm just uh, you know, for all you people out there that have been following up with everything, it's uh. Boston, Tampa Bay's 4-4 four, four in the ninth. So, and once again, you know, Cowboys just uh, scored again to make it 44-20. to 20. So that was kind of obvious to me. That was but, like, um, that was like 10 minutes ago. The game's been over. Oh, alrighty. So, I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. So on behalf of the Nugs and Greg... This is the illustrious Mr. Trivia for the Top Rope Report saying thank you all for tuning in, and we'll catch you on Wednesday.